Welcome to Cabot Coverage, the podcast where three sisters and a beloved family friend discuss the crime-solving adventures of mystery novelist Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote. I'm Susanna. I'm Megan. I'm Glynis. And I'm Ashley. And tonight we're discussing The Petrified Florist, which is episode 15 from season nine and originally aired on the 21st of February, 1993. So this episode was written by Donald Ross who's written 16 episodes. The ones we've covered by him are A Fashionable Way to Die, From Russia with Blood, The Error of Her Ways, and A Body to Die For. Now, we'll go on to the trivia facts <laughs> later, but who can recall Donald Ross's famed quirk with his Murder, She Wrote episodes? Megan, you might remember. Is it the gross stuff? No, that's Tom Sawyer. It's that he names his characters after jazz musicians. But actually, Ashley, you told us a fun fact about Donald Ross as well, which is that he's married to... Fanny Flagg? No. Wasn't that it? Not Fanny Flagg. Um, oh, Pat- no, no. Uh, Patty Deutsch. Patty Deutsch, yeah. Patty Deutsch, that's right. Okay. Yeah. And he was on an episode of Match Game, wasn't he? Yeah, he was on a few episodes. Cool. <laughs> And I'm uh, sorry, the trivia facts are going to take a million years to get through. So apologies in advance, because it's quite a long list of jazz musicians that he named his characters after. Okay. So this episode sees Jessica visiting her friend, Frances Hunt, played by Penny Fuller in Beverly Hills. Frances works for a sort of celebrity magazine called The A-List, along with Junie Cobb, played by Sally Kellerman. They're always trying to get ahead of star scene to beat them to the exclusives around celebrity gossip. So, and I guess Francis is really a writer, but now has gotten sucked into the world of magazines and high flying in Beverly Hills. Working for Francis is a guy called George Irwin, played by Taylor Nichols, and a maid called Betty O'Hara, played by Denise. Miller. Judy is married to a guy called Arnett Cobb, called Richard Hurd, who's basically backing the magazine. And Francis, on the night that Jessica arrives, throws a dinner party. So invited to the dinner party are all of those people, uh, well, Betty's working there, plus Dr. Johnny Winters, played by John Gabriel, um, Aggie Colbert, played by Margie Martin, and then a late, so he's not an attendee, but Bringing the flowers is florist Billy Kyle, played by Gary <laughs> B. <laughs> Jessica has a bit of a sort of moment where she's going to fall asleep because she's pretty jet lagged. And so she decides to go to bed. And it, when she wakes up, she finds out that Billy Kyle has been murdered. So investigating this is Lieutenant Gabriel Caceres, uh, played by George Sierra, who's a cop that I guess Jessica knows from before. So they start working together on this. And mm. there's a lot of... Um, you know, various secrets that get found out. George Irwin is actually paying people off. I I guess for, you know, he's sort of working for Francis doing that. Dr. Johnny Winhurst is a bit of a ladies man. There's a football player called Davy Wells played by Robert Firth, who's in a hospital, who's not actually recovering from an injury, but is pretending to be injured. So he doesn't have to play football anymore. Anyways, they basically entrap the uh, murderer, by using Sergeant Daisy Kenny, played by Sandal Bergman, to pose as a neighbor of the florist who saw him get murdered. And it turns out it was Junie Cobb because she had had an affair with Johnny Winters 
and Billy was threatening to tell Arnett, and so she killed him. And then, in the end, she shoots Jessica. Uh oh! But it turns out it was just a dream. Just <laughs> a dream. Uh, Jessica, when she had her sleepy moment at the party, actually did fall asleep, dreamt all this, and then woke up, and nobody's dead, and everybody's happy, and nobody's a murderer. So hooray! <laughs> and they all have a a bit at the end, like, "Oh, are you gonna write us into your next novel?" Oh yeah, she's like, "I already did." like oh god here we go <laughs> i know and then they all laugh about it and you're like uh, yeah wait, and arnett cobb is like can you make my wife yeah murder she's like i did and it's like that's a weird thing to say <laughs> um so here we go for the fun facts courtesy of imdb trivia <laughs> the title is a spoof of the petrified forest which is a 1936 movie starring Leslie Howard, Betty Davis, and Humphrey Bogart, which I have never seen. <laughs> and then uh, the uh, another fun fact is this was the first of three appearances by Gregory Sierra in the role of the LAPD Detective Lieutenant Gabriel Caceres. He appeared in three previous episodes playing three different characters. We've seen uh, two of those, I think. We saw uh, Murder Through the Looking Glass and Broadway Malady. Mm. Uh, where it was uh, other people so here we go for the jazz musicians <laughs> okay the in, the fun fact starts with yet another script by donald ross in which he named several characters after famous jazz musicians this is a lengthy list so i'll try to go through this as quick as i can <laughs> billy kyle was a piano player in louis armstrong's band johnny winhurst was a british-born dixieland trumpeteer Francis Hunt was a band singer with Benny Goodman. Arnett Cobb was a rhythm and blues saxophonist with Lionel Hampton. Junie Cobb was a male multi-instrumentalist with King Oliver. George Pee Wee Irwin was a trumpeteer <laughs> with Benny Goodman and Tommy Dorsey. Gabriel Caceres was named after Ernie Caceres, a Dixieland baritone saxophonist. Davy Wells was named after trombonist Dickie Wells, with who played with Count Basie, and Stan Hendricks was named after jazz singer songwriter John Hendricks. Boom! My <laughs> <laughs> <Mike> God! <laughs> I mean, it's a long, long list. Yes. So that's it for the fun facts. Here's the petrified florist. What did we think? I really liked it. I was telling Susanna that I forgot when I was first watching, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen this one, but she reminded me that we watched together. And then of course, when Jessica has that moment at the table and the glass breaks, the dish breaks, I was like, oh, right. I remember. It was all in her head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, this one was silly and fun. I guess I just didn't really understand the point of the football player. Red herring. Yeah. Although I love, like, are you allowed to do that in a ho in a hospital room? Just smash Budweiser's. <laughs> I mean, I guess if he's paying for it. Uh, I did also like the nurse when, when Jessica comes in and she's like, he called me earlier. She's like, aren't you a bit old? Yeah. <laughs> Her name was Nurse Tickle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like that that part. 
Are there any other episodes that are dream sequences like this? I don't, not that I can think of. Or is this the only one? Well, like a week ago, Glennis sent us a thing that was like, oh, have you ever seen this episode? And it was like a YouTuber had done a whole thing about how silly this episode was. <laughs> this is the next one we're covering. And I really <laughs> like this episode. And they were sort of teasing about the name, but I think the name is amazing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think I it's like really it. good. I think she called the episode just bonkers in general. <laughs> I didn't watch it because I didn't want to spoil. No. But I have seen this lady's uh, responses to <laughs> some of the episodes. They're pretty funny. Uh, I can't remember what her name is, but yeah, <laughs> she, she. I remember she reviewed the Grady wedding one, and oh, again right. didn't didn't watch much of it. But she was like, <laughs> people literally trip onto the dead body, and yeah. then the background sound goes boing. it's all true (laughs) yeah no I I mean I really like this episode and I love the like rich world of um, Beverly Hills oh my god I love it I love the dinner party I love that they all work for this magazine and it's like not only do they work for the magazine Frances is so loaded that she has a limo pick her up from work and her house is huge yeah. like there's a bit where she and jessica are having a one-on-one dinner at the world's longest dining room table but they're sat sort of at one end and they're just surrounded by giant vases yeah. giant plants and i was like this is and she gives me like once i save up enough money i'll like give this up and i'll go back to my novel writing and you're like how much is enough money because <laughs> think you've made it like I think you already now have that money right Right. and I like when Jessica says oh I never would have pictured you to be someone being picked up in a stretch limo with a telephone and a fax I'm like wow that's but then I feel like Jessica got a little judgy because you know she's like into yeah you like she did and then writing the books you're like let this lady live and hook up with a hot plastic surgeon. Like, even though he's obviously like, you know. But yeah, we when someone accused her of being the murderer, she's like, yeah, I don't really know her anymore. So like, okay. <laughs> I know. Don't yeah, she, she's basically like, it's really hard when it's your friends. Like, you shouldn't get too attached because like, hey, they could be the murderer and you got to be impartial. <laughs> hey, Jessica. But yeah, I I mean, just because she didn't make, because Jessica's probably as loaded as this woman. It's just she right. made her money, I guess, the like not salacious way. But this lady seems good at her job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like, yeah, Jessica's chosen to live like in the house that she and Frank had. And, you know, I don't know where she's spending her money, but it's, yeah, it's so Frances wants to do something different. Yeah, she wants to live in a palatial manse in Beverly Hills with a yeah. pool. And like, I mean, every room kind of looked like a conservatory because it was like there were so many potted plants. But, it, you know, great. That's her aesthetic. I mean, there was one scene where she had a fire going. She's making out with the plastic surgeon. <laughs> it's like a yeah, fire yeah. in L.A. That seems a little bit. 
<laughs> but listen, I was jealous. So I got the AC on as well. Got the AC yeah. fire going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. When Jessica said she didn't picture someone that got picked up by a stretch limo with a mobile phone and a fax, it's like, Jessica, that's how we all picture ourselves. Yeah. I'm like, basically calling her a sellout. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'd love to do that. I don't have that option, but I'd like to think a future me might be that person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like having fancy parties and it looks really fun. Yeah. I want that party. Yeah. I love the party. I always love a party scene. And I, I mean, we'll get to it later, but I loved Sally Kellerman in this episode so much. Which one she? Uh, Junie. Because yeah, no, I thought Sally Kellerman was so good in this. And she had so many good lines. She was amazing. And that's why I said to Glennis, I was like, I'm glad she didn't actually murder anybody. Because I, I liked her. Yeah, like they liked each other. I know, Arnett and yeah. Junie. <laughs> <laughs> I just like when she said, I don't, what did she say? I don't choose to look my age, whatever the number. <laughs> I was like, go girl. She wore a lot of black and white. She Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. I thought she was, I like when she goes, if that's, if that quarter of a million is going spare, I'd love to redecorate the kitchen. <laughs> I know. Like they're just going to walk off together like no big deal. <laughs> After she stabbed a man with a pair of pruning shears, it's yeah. like, oh, I mean, at the end, it, I mean, I was a little bit glad that it was just Drew because it did feel like super forced. And she's like, oh, come on, Arnett. Like, blah, 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 blah. And then turned out to all be a lie yeah you'd think if you'd stabbed a man in the back that close up either would be some trauma there to speak of not like that just like (laughs) oh well he was blackmailing me you know (laughs) (laughs) but i loved i i loved being in the 80s in beverly hills it was so funny i was trying to write down the names of the different places they went to because i was like are these real <laughs> like i need to know, I know. <laughs> and just them walking along hollywood boulevard yeah we, 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 they were in front of like a movie theater or something right because there was all these posters up in the background um and what was scent of a woman i saw that ashley did you and no, maybe we wouldn't have been old en- enough. I never watched it. You've not seen it. Okay. I thought you and I had watched I it really together. Don't, I out Later Al Pacino doesn't do it for me. So I. <laughs> I watched it on a plane and it wasn't <laughs> like, I didn't feel like I made a great decision. Doesn't he say like hoorah or something like yeah, that? It's, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. I can't. I can't get into it. Scent of a woman with Chris O'Donnell and Al Pacino and I don't I forgot the female lead. It's he's blind, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Al Pacino is, and Chris O'Donnell is his like lawyer. I can't quite I remember can't what remember. the relation is. And he's basically being like, you need to like enjoy life or whatever. I've seen the whole movie. I cannot remember a second of it. Um, but it was nice to see that poster in the background. All the rage at the time. <laughs> 
I also saw Edward James Almost's face on a poster as well, which I was interesting excited about. Yeah. And then um Tom Selleck's baseball movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't remember the name of it. It's just such a time capsule. <laughs> Who sent the thing through that was like the picture of Tom Selleck and Magnum P.I. that said, controversial opinion, this is the correct length of short for a man. I I sent that. Megan. (laughs) (laughs) They're not wrong. No, they're right. They're right. They're absolutely right. Um, (laughs) You're right. It's so funny because we don't often get to see like real life examples of like the world because it's like when we went to uh, Milan it was all fake film posters so there's Mm -hmm. no nothing Mm. to date it other than the floppy disk but (laughs) this is like oh yeah this is when this would have been filmed like I don't know that I thought that was really fascinating well now I know so the nurse at the hospital she Mm -hmm. looked really familiar and I couldn't place her okay she's from third rock from the sun She's okay. Mrs. Dubchek. She's like the landlady. Oh, yeah. oh my God, that's right. I was like, she's the star of this episode. She is. <laughs> she's so good. Oh my God. I, yeah, no, she was amazing. That scene, of, you're right. And then I know as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, so who was the mole? Was it Billy? It was uh, Betty. Betty, the, the, the. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because it was like two separate issues, right? It was Betty. They combined, like, thought it was connected, but it's Betty was the mole, and then the forest was blackmailing her. Right, right. Oh my God. Betty's outfit when they run into each other on. Oh, good. So bad. (laughs) (laughs) He was wearing patent leather high heels as a maid, and that confused me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Her outfits. I will say, um, not to give the game away with AJ, nothing but a number, but to see a 30-year-old woman in that ensemble coming out of that building, I was like, that is, <laughs> that's quite an image. So hip, so now. It was, yeah, it was, uh, and you know, and Betty's haircut, not to be mean, but was just really rough. I know, she was cute too. It was like, this is the 90s, is a, was a cruel time. <laughs> And then it's like, okay, was she going to go out with George? I think she was going out with them. When I couldn't decide if I thought he he was a Jonathan or not. But then he felt like more like a Walt, uh, not a Walter, an Eddie, because he was doing naughty things also. What was he doing? (laughs) He just felt so in the background to me. Yeah, I know. To give him even a Jonathan or whatever name you just said, scale felt. He was taking stuff from Francis and giving it to Bobby like in reverse, right? Like he was the middleman. He was, yeah, which I couldn't quite understand why why that would, why it would matter if he was giving cash to informers because he's just paying them. Like, I'm not sure what the issue was with the police, like why he was so reticent to just be like, because, it, it, you know, I guess it's like, oh, you're, maybe it's not getting filed on taxes or whatever, I'm sure, but yeah, that's not yeah. his problem. You know, it's like, he's just doing his job. So I'm not sure why that was so 
like why they were needling him so hard about that when it's like it was not illegal to do that it it would be illegal if what the guy was giving you was something i don't know it just felt like yeah i guess i just could have put him there at the time yeah yeah well that 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 is true that is true but yeah i was like yeah I know it's kind of confusing, and then I was like, "Wait, who works for A list? Who works for Star Screen?" Like, star Scene. I know. Star-scene. I did the same. I kept wanting to call it Star Screen, and I was like, "Is that that?" <laughs> and I thought we were gonna meet Modelo or whatever his name was—the guy that was the head of Star Scene—but we never, we never met him. Yeah, I. Oh God, it was re- that part was a little confusing. I know, because they all worked at A-List. Yes, so they worked at A-List, because I guess George was paying the inform informants, or no, not informants, they're like people giving tips to the magazine for like celebrity gossip or whatever. Yeah. But I guess he was also a writer, because he was, wasn't he doing a piece for them as well? Yeah, yeah, I think, and she, yeah, she made a thing about, oh, I usually don't have the rookies make their own rewrites or something like that. I love that magazine. I was like, it made me laugh so hard. They're like, <laughs> like someone scooped us on the Kevin and Whitney story. Oh yeah, I read that down too. And Arnold and Sharon's love nest. It's like, <laughs> is this because in the beginning, in when Jessica's writing um, the book in the opening sequence, it says Arnold ran into the room. Do you think that's why it's Arnold? <laughs> thinking too much about it that's not right (laughs) (laughs) oh god oh and i love the scene in the beginning when she like sees detective or lieutenant caceres and he's with a woman he doesn't introduce her and you're like oh and she's like oh i you know i heard you just got married is this her and then it's like she's in handcuffs (laughs) (laughs) yeah that whole bit and then he's like wrapped around the other lieutenant okay that he's like it's a movie that she's learned undercover. I was like, what kind of move is that? <laughs> Love her though. She, and then I like that she like, she had this super short hair and then she's like, oh yeah, like I'm a cop, but then I'm also an actor. Like, yeah. and then put glasses on and like sort of push back her hair. She's like, I'm the dowdy librarian or whatever. And you're like, no, you're still <laughs> super hot. Right. And then Mark was laughing because she was like, I can play it however you want sexy haughty virginal and mark was like oh i was kind of hoping the third one would just be another version of because <laughs> sexy and haughty are kind of the same <laughs> that would be so funny but yeah she was great although the fact that she ran to her bag and allowed the uh suspect to uh, like disarm her so quickly was yeah like <laughs> yeah maybe like keep your gun a little more secure yeah right. <laughs> yeah like that's like jessica needs to tweak that in her plot line yeah. Right. yeah 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 but it was like he hadn't even done it he was just trying to help his wife yeah there were a lot of aspects of it too that seemed like really surreal like the cop doing the i can play it all these roles i'm like this doesn't feel like yeah or the thousand dollar bills <laughs> well okay this was the thing i was like are there such a thing as thousand dollar bills yeah yeah right but they were i looked it up they were discontinued in 69 oh. yeah. 
<laughs> no, there wouldn't have been. They might have been in circulation. Okay, so you're saying. But yeah, that seems odd that that would be like. But circulation for 20 plus years also feels. Yeah. I wonder if you have, if like you rewatch it with the aspect of like those, that portion of it being a dream. There's just clues left and right oh, about like thousand yeah. dollar bills and like other things left there that are like this is not reality yeah that's a good point ashley actually that that would be cool if there were little things like that like nuggets to indicate yeah. to you where you're like oh that's a bit weird easter eggs and mm-hmm. also just the fact that the florist is like the florist is so integral to beverly hills society that he's like blackmailing them all and like <laughs> I mean, I mean, as like when I was an assistant to a producer, there were very specific florists you went to mm-hmm. for for flowers. You didn't go anywhere else. Like you didn't go to like a mom and pop shop. It was like very like specific. And it was ones that did like Ellen and Portia's wedding or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. Just because they were good or because they were is like all confidential or yeah yeah maybe confidential um like i think there's a florist the kardashians use for like all of their big arrangements and stuff and maybe it is confidentiality but it's it's quite interesting there's just like one or two maybe there's more now but you ordered from a specific place interesting i like I mean, it. how do you get that gig That's I great. Know. right you make quite the centerpiece uh, well, he did come in with a masterful centerpiece. That's true. <laughs> but he was three hours late. I know. <laughs> this for a dinner party? You can't even see past it. Also, it's like, it did have, and there weren't a lot of tones. It was just sort of like that kind yeah. of blush pink. And also there were quite a lot of twigs sticking up the top, which I'm assuming was very popular at the time. I am not as mad on the twig edge of flower displays but that is just a pre- personal preference so it just felt like three hours to wait for that felt like right, I was right. glad that he hadn't charged her because also flowers are <laughs> I don't know anything about floristry just to like preface that do you not get all your flowers like first thing in the morning like at the flower markets and stuff That's like what that I thought. yeah so to show up at 9 p.m., that means those cards have been set out all day. Mm-hmm. In the heat. Well, he'd had a house. Oh, right, because his refrigerator broke. Refrigerator truck, yeah. <laughs> so I feel like they weren't going to be in, like, that good of shape. Yeah, no, that's a good point. <laughs> Again, I know nothing about this. <laughs> no, no, it makes sense, like. But yeah, just to have someone on call like that is kind of amazing. I There were like so many details of this episode that I think are excellent. The amount of colored neon lighting in the office was spectacular. I was like, how anybody can get any work done with that level of neon lighting <laughs> is amazing. But it, it does make it look really 
fun like it just makes it look so fun and then the fact that they were like talking about orchids and I was like I cannot believe it wasn't an orchid bouquet that he showed up with. that feels all wrong <laughs> I did like that they said his life was like always a drama like whether it was the late shipment or brown spots on the orchids <laughs> Billy Kyle I know because he walked in and he was going to tell them all exactly what had happened. I have worked with a florist that was a bit like that, where you'd be like, how are you? And they would, (laughs) but this could be true of anybody, not just florists, but he would just then tell you how he was. Right. Like launch into everything. Blow by blow. Yeah. You're like, oh, right. Okay. Nope. Yep. That was a, I just was, it was just a general question, but yeah. Okay. uh sorry I yeah so I love the dinner party I I just think this is like such a fun episode I know it's like the end is maybe if you've never seen it oh Glenna's like yeah what did you think of the ending with the dream part the fact that it was all a dream like what did you make of that I I think I was I think I said come on (laughs) (laughs) like I didn't think I suspect Glennis didn't like it but it was it was still a fun episode especially compared to the last couple in uh in my opinion um but I I uh I was not expecting it I was mad about it (laughs) <laughs> I just How feel mad. like I said to Glynis I was like it's funny because this show already even though it's about murder already is kind of low stakes a lot of the time like the murder is someone nobody liked or everybody benefits right. or like all this sort of thing and so to then make it even more low stakes is like I find it I just find it delightful I just love this episode because of the way that she looked and like, and how she like drowsy she was. I thought my mind went to that. It was like all along con someone had put sleep drops in her water. Yeah. So that Francis could go out while Jessica was asleep. Murder Billy Kyle, come back. And I just, my mind went that route. And then when it wasn't there, I was like, oh, that's sad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I like this episode. Yeah, but it was still very fun, and uh, I like the outfits. And I like that they're all like so thirsty for the um, plastic surgeon. He was hot. Yeah, he was pretty cute. For like, it listen. We see this sometimes on Real Housewives. It's like sometimes if there's like not a ton of like attractive men in your circle like the ones that are cute kind of end up getting a lot of attention and I feel like that is this classic Dr. Johnny Winters although I did think he was cute and are like okay here's a question for you not to like think too much about this do we think that Francis really was dating him or was it just a part of the dream that's a good question. Dream. You think you don't think Francis could? She's a bit. Although she had invited him to her party, but during the before the kind of Jessica conks out. Um, Sally Kellerman. What what was her name in the show? 
Junie. Junie um, says like, oh, who is that guy? And he, she says, talking to the woman in the unfortunate dress, which I actually kind of like, <laughs> they didn't, oh, I don't that know. The lady in the blue dress? Oh, he was sort of hitting on her, wasn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah, the girl, it was a younger, like a brunette girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why I didn't think they were dating because I thought he was And then when the episode, when it was turned, switched to the dream and they were dating, I got confused because I thought he was single hitting on that young woman. Mm -hmm. There were also a lot more people at the party than were at the table at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like she straight up fell asleep. Like she fell asleep in the middle of a dinner party. Like, Jessica. (laughs) And they were like, oh, it's midnight, Cabot Cove time. So it was 9 p.m.? Yeah. It's like, have a cup of coffee. Your friend's throwing you a a dinner party with the elite (laughs) of Beverly Hills. That lag is no joke, and I'm not diminishing it. But, you know, for that amount of conk out, that's pretty extreme. <laughs> <laughs> She's there investigating a 65-year-old murder. It's all about blackmail and cultism. Oh. Sounds great. <laughs> That's what Jessica said. That her murder was... But now she's switching, isn't she? Yeah. To the murder she's gonna, of the florist. Yeah, the blackmailing florist. And then, okay, I don't know. Did you guys think it was significant at all that he's like, oh, I almost forgot my receipt book. Like, I felt like maybe there was something in there that would have been. So I guess that's the link to the dream, though, because she found the receipt book in Francis's house. So she must have seen that he'd left it. Oh, and then in real life, he comes back because he's forgotten it. Okay, I got it. I got it. He wasn't actually blackmailing anybody, I guess. I mean, no. Jessica must practice some pretty serious lucid dreaming. Like, let's be real. She honestly, if she's like proper dreaming like that, she would be like face first in her like lobster <laughs> stew or whatever it was. Like, it just I do love like, how the background gets all kind of like pink and blurry. Yeah. Like prismatic. Yeah. <laughs> And there's it's such a heavy saxophone throughout the whole episode, too. Oh, my God. That's sexy music when, so when Winterst and Francis are making out on the couch. It's like, it's too heavy, guys. <laughs> too sexy saxophony. <laughs> so sexy. So are, is Musso and Frank Hill a real restaurant? Yes. Is that still there? Yes. It's a really good steakhouse that's it it's a steakhouse is it fancy yeah it is it's really good um let's see i think it was in once upon a time in hollywood it's been in a ton of movies the kaminsky method why those are the two that came to my mind (laughs) (laughs) like it in bosch they go there wait a minute in terms of a ruth chris steakhouse how far above is a musso and frank hill restaurant probably the same Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'd say the same. <laughs> yeah. Like a Mastro's, Mas, Mas, Mastro's. Oh yeah. 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 Mastro's. What's it called? Mm, I never say, I'm, I yeah. never say it right. Um, or like a Fleming's. Okay. That's a different one. Do Mas, they, like, Mastro's. I feel like they don't do steakhouses out here. Glennis, am I wrong? 
No, you're not not wrong, but like there's the Hawksmoor. Oh yeah, Hawksmoor's so good. But it's not as that is, I mean, I that's a steak restaurant. Okay. But it's it's a it's a different different vibe. Because that is you you order the cuts of meat and then the sides, which is effectively a steakhouse back home. But there aren't loads of those. Like the Hawksmoor is the only one that I really think of. I'm trying to remember the last time I had like a steak. You know, Susanna, uh, Tomahawk here is also called a steakhouse. Okay, Tomahawk, yeah. And El Gaucho. But El Gaucho's Argentinian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think if British people like eat a lot of steak. I mean, they Sunday roasts. Anyways. Oh, well, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I was just trying to. I was like, they eat a lot of fish and chips. <laughs> oh, roast, roast beef. Roast beast. Roast beef. <laughs> so my sister calls it roast beast. Roast beef. Oh, place looks really good, actually. Yeah. There's like, I mean, in certain schools, like House of Primary and Ruth's, Ruth's Chris's, I never know where the apostrophe S is on that name. And then. What, what does it mean? The title, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. I don't know. We don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, and there's some great ones in LA, like Taylor's Steakhouse is so good. And that's like probably one below your Musso and Frank's and stuff. It's so good. And then I went to one on Friday called American Beauty, which is also delicious. So I like steakhouses, I guess, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. interesting that that would have been there because this episode is what, 20 years old? No, no, 30 years old nearly yeah, so it's been around since the 40s oh right oh okay yeah so apparently ruth ruth's chris steakhouse started as chris steakhouse and then ruth fertel uh acquired it so it's ruth's chris steakhouse like ruth owns the chris steakhouse yeah yeah hey Oi. <laughs> uh, Musso and Franks has been around since 1919. Whoa. Wow. Okay. Oh, a long time. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's so interesting. Is it, okay. Sorry. We don't have to talk about it. I was going to say, are Musso and Frank, is, is, what, how does that name come about? Let's see. One moment. Are they, I want them to be brothers. Okay. And Hill is their last name. So the Musso and Frank Grills history is as rich and colorful as Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Opened in 1919 by entrepreneur Frank Toulet, who joined forces with Oregon restaurateur Joseph Musso and brilliant French chef Jean Roux. Roux? R-U-E. Roux. Roux. The restaurant quickly became known for outstanding service and culinary excellence. I could go on. There's many paragraphs, but so it's Musso and Frank are the two. Yeah, it's, and I think it's okay. just called Musso and Franks. Yeah, I think the grill is the formal name, but it, we just we just call it Musso and Franks. Oh, is it grill? I had written down hill. Yeah, no, it, it's grill. Oh Girl. my god. But I think it's. <laughs> Were you guys just like, what the heck is no, she talking I like, about? No, I thought it was Frank Hill. Used to be. Yeah. I, okay. I was just going along with it. I didn't know. Um, but they have yeah. like things like lobster thermidor, like old school Ooh, la stuff. La. Bit yeah. of a prawn cocktail. Exactly. A pineapple <laughs> upside down cake. 
fully loaded baked potato, rum baba, all yeah. that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Always a rum baba. <laughs> Sorry, we can we can go to the beach. I didn't mean. I just said like, you know, I love that it's real. And it's just interesting that it would have had like a cachet with the audience of murder. Do you know what I mean? That they yeah, would have yeah, recognized I mean, it's, that. Yeah. It's big on Bosch too. Big it is big Bosch. on Bosch. Yeah. A lot of them <laughs> break through it. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. It's not. It's like a central character. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty key. <laughs> now that we've lost everybody in the audience. Right, right. They're, like, they're like, how long are they going to go on about steakhouses? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't forget House of Prime Rib. We can't, you know. Classic. Or the Olympic Club. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh Megan. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, <laughs> wait, so wait, should we do the beads? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Episode beads. Uh, Thunder weather. No. Secret doors. Closet hiding. No. Well, wasn't a but like. Um. Oh my gosh, I'm totally blank. Caceres. And um. I think Jessica were in behind that door and like popped out. When oh yeah Arnett grabbed the gun on the um undercover officer like in the kitchen or something yeah that's true okay and then that poisoning or bludgeoning we ha- we had a stabbing with shears uh phone wire cut we didn't have a phone wire cut but we had a lot of cell phone calls so many i love the <laughs> cell phones i love the it was like we're so even good. past when it was just a car phone. I mean, these are like not even connected to the car. <laughs> and then everyone's like, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop. <laughs> and I like that the, was it the cop? Or was it Francis who said, can you, no, it was the cop. He was like, can you believe I've got one of these things? I, mean, I, I love it. I love it. He's like, end call. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like there was a lot of booping in it. I loved it. Um, <laughs> She shaking, no, window peep. So I have amended it this because I think the the window peep of the episode is when Junie is staring in at Billy Kyle while she stood on the outside of his yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And she's yeah. like, I'm gonna murder you. That's what she's saying with her eyeballs. Um, yep. Fake name ID, JJ is Junie Cobb because she's been recommending Dr. Winters to people because she's <laughs> in the in the mind of Jessica Fletcher, she didn't want to admit to having had work done. I mean, it's like an earlier time. I feel like now people are pretty more, a little more honest about that. Yeah, I mean, and also, yeah. Like, but then she was so brazen about like, oh, I'm just a woman, like a businesswoman, and I don't really care that, you know. But anyway, she didn't want people to know that. And you're right, Glennis, she was sleeping with him briefly he made he made her feel younger on her face and in her heart or something like that so sad it's like oh no remember it's just a dream yeah yeah, i know i know yeah she's like happily married even though her husband wants her to be a murderer in a book um (laughs) the fuzz cop quirk lieutenant gabriel caceres and his fun cop quirk is that he's all people always think every woman he's with is his wife (laughs) but we never meet her (laughs) <laughs> the that favorite was, was in the beginning that was so funny because you're like when is he gonna say something about this woman and then the woman looks so angry and then realize 
And I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> uh, cop chemistry. I mean, maybe not like sexual chemistry, but I thought he was like, he liked her. Mm-hmm. And he was like, thought she was smart. Businessy business celeb magazines. Gossip, celebrity yeah. gossip. I'm and This is just like an episode of Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys ever watch that? <laughs> was that the one with Courtney Cox? Yeah, so I watched, I think I ended up watching at least the whole first season, if not the whole run of the show. And what happened was it was so gross when David Arquette was like a primary producer on the show. <laughs> like the first, the first like six episodes are almost like impossible to watch. There's something so gross in every single one of those episodes. And then I feel like maybe he took a backseat. <laughs> so disgusting (laughs) and uh yeah not i don't mean disgusting in terms of content i mean something actually physically grotesque would happen on the show every episode uh aj nothing but a number okay so san uh sorry sergeant daisy kenny who's the undercover cop was 42 davy wells who was the football player was 33 francis hunt was 53 and Dr. Johnny Winhurst was 62. Arnette Cobb was 61, and Junie Cobb was 56. Betty O'Hara was 30, and George Irwin was 34. Lieutenant Gabriel Caceres was 56. Billy Cowell was 46, and our nurse receptionist was 65. That all seems about, about right. Yeah, I will say, I think... Arnette and Junie were closer in age than I thought they were when I watched this. And I don't know why that is. I don't think he looked a lot older than 61 and, you know, she looked good, but, you know, 56 seems right. But for some reason, I thought they might have had a bigger age discrepancy between them. Yeah. So the Jonathan scale, did anybody have a Jonathan? I thought that George maybe was, um, but he, he wasn't. Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> yep, fair, 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 fair. <laughs> Petite feet, no. Smooches, we had a proper makeout from Francis and Johnny Winters in front of the fire. Yep. In her house. Which, you know. How do you feel about that? <laughs> well, I was okay. I was okay. It was like so sexy considering they were like. I don't know. I don't know how to say this without sounding pervy, but like, it was like quite sexy for them being like fully clothed and just like having a chat on the couch. Like it just felt like, oh, right. Okay. Um, And then they immediately stopped and started talking about something else. Um, Familial ties. We had an old friend, so it wasn't a relationship, uh, like a familial relationship. I suppose head shake. no. But Jessica was scared because someone pulled a gun on her. And that was a shock. Mm-hmm. And then she woke up. Okay, fave outfit, worst outfit. Megan, what do you think? Okay, least favorite, I hate to say it, but Jessica's um, party outfit that was the pink and kind of purple pantsuit. I was, oh, yeah. I didn't really like that. Um, okay. And I didn't like Betty's outfit on the street when she was in I don't know I don't even know what was going on there were so many things and then um 
But I really liked Sally Kellerman's or Junie's um, party outfit with the black like sequins. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ashley, what do you think? Um, so for worst outfit, I probably had I, I, Betty's maid outfit with the patent leather heels. I just, <laughs> it, was like a really short, it was just a short skirt and patent leather heels. And I just thought how efficient is that outfit? Yeah. Um, and also, like, presumably that's something that Frances has made her wear. Where? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was the black sweater that, and this might have been when she was on this, when Betty was on the street, the black sweater with the embroidered flowers. Uh, was it some scene? Anyway, and then I noted that I did have a sweater very similar to that. So. <laughs> Love it. Um, and then for worst or for favorite outfit, it was Junie's slate gray jacket, yellow blouse, and checkered scarf that she wore in the final scene of the dream. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Glynis, what do you think? Yeah. So the, uh, what was her name? Debbie? Betty. Betty. Betty, Betty the young Betty. girl. God, my memory. Uh, Betty's outfit when she leaves the other tabloid, terrible. And then, Yeah. most of her stuff was terrible um and i really liked francis's uh gold and black squared blazer it's not something i would ever wear Mm. but i just felt very of the time and and i loved it and also um uh junie's black sequin jacket yeah i I mean really anything she wore i loved me too she has that also that like sort of wavy, flippy hair that Catherine had from Final Curtain, where it's like, it just looks very chic. Um, so my favorite outfits were Francis had sort of like a pink long weave sweater when they were having dinner together that I thought, I mean, it wasn't something I would personally wear, but it was nice. Um, and I agree that with Glennis, like the mustard uh, blazer was was nice uh, with the black piping. Um, and yeah, Betty's incognito outfit, which was for <laughs> listeners, a red beret, sort of poofy hat with a brim, a skin tight mustard colored long sleeve shirt, and a teal vest with some sort of strange, like, so almost like a yin and yang, but not together uh, design across it. So I didn't really like that. Um, okay, biggest hunk, Ashley. I would say Sally Kellerman, Junie. Okay. Yeah. Glynis? Uh, Sandal Bergman. Oh, yeah. Okay. Megan? I'm going to go Sally Kellerman. Yeah, I'm going to go Sandal Bergman as well. Although <laughs> I think it's a close call between uh, Sandal Bergman, Sally Kellerman, and the lady that played Francis. I thought it was yeah, very good looking yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, all three. The trifecta. All three. Oh, and the um the nurse receptionist too. <laughs> she was your biggest hug. Yeah. She was so great. <laughs> nurse tickles. Nurse tickles. It was nurse tickle. That's another thing. That's probably another Easter egg. Right. Nurse tickle. Yeah. I wrote nurse tickle, but I thought it was one of those things where she had bed scare or whatever. Oh, I, I mean, I <laughs> bed shock. Bed shock. <laughs> Uh, okay, Megan, JB Burns. 
Um, I didn't have a ton of JB Burns. I mean, aside from when she was being pretty judgy with Francis about her lifestyle choices. Mm. Um, there's a scene at the party between Francis and I don't know what this character's name is. And they're both, they're not Burns, but they're just some funny quotes where they're like, there's schlock gossip and then there's quality gossip. And then they just both start laughing. And like, <laughs> that was good um yeah almost uh, oh and I did think it was in the dream but when Junie says do me a favor Arnett don't be such an old fool (laughs) (laughs) Ashley anymore just the one where she where Junie says I'm a product of where and how I live and my workouts with Eduardo about her doing plastic surgery (laughs) And having like cosmetic surgery. But anyway, she goes, I'm a product of where and how I live and my workouts with Eduardo. And I was like, Workouts with Eduardo. (laughs) Why wasn't Eduardo invited to the dinner? I want to know where Eduardo is. (laughs) Linus, what about you? Any more? I just had one from the cop where he says, corpses just seem to be a part of my job description. (laughs) <laughs> or does Jessica say it? I don't know. It's the two of them talking where they're like, oh, like you, it seems that corpses just seem to be part of my job. Very good. Yeah, I have ones that people have already said. When the when the nurse says, aren't you a little mature for this kind of thing, hon? Oh, yeah. That <laughs> I was thinking she's good. a groupie. And um, Junie saying that Billy lived from crisis to crisis. <laughs> funny. Um, fave guest star, Ashley. Uh, I'd say Sally Kellerman. Okay, Megan. Yeah, mine too. Glennis. Yeah, I'd agree with that. All right, I'm gonna go with Sally Kellerman as well. And then Glennis's guess. I got it right. Count if it's not real. (laughs) (laughs) Because the episode's all a dream. You don't get to count it. Yeah, <laughs> I did it. I got it right, guys. I mean, yay! But then, did you guess that it was all a dream? No, yeah, not. <laughs> I like the idea that this show is like shocking, Linus. Like <laughs> right, thirty right. years after it was made, she's like, "What the heck?" <laughs> um. Okay, before we have favorite moment overall ranking, but I just wanted to add something before we go into that, which is there was a giant Angelique mural. I missed it. Yeah, Angeline. Lean, sorry. Like the blonde LA celebrity. Yeah. Who's running for governor. I, she is running for governor. I totally missed that. Yeah, Yeah, it was a big one. That is incredible. I'm really bummed yeah. I missed it. Where was it? Oh my God, I'm so sad right now. It was on the side of a building and they're like, it was like a panning shot into Jessica. I think Jessica. they were about to catch Betty at the like edgier tabloid. Okay. When she's, when she's standing out front watching. Well, Cause they were panning around sort of like downtown LA and like having all these shots. And I thought, that's when the Angeline shot was, but maybe it was mm-hmm. earlier. Cause I don't think it was when they were showing Rodeo Drive. No, I think it was, yeah. I thought it was when they were panning in when she was walking with uh, 
Gregory Sierra, but now I don't know Anna, if that's when right. You take, um, when you take the pictures, will you see if you can catch it? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's up there for kind of a while. Yeah, I will. I'm sure I'll catch it. I so annoyed. Mad. I'm mad. This is now I'm my favorite I'm mad too. And I live in LA and I see the posters all the time or the billboards, but I'm upset. Well, this was like a painted mural onto a building. I thought you were going to, I thought you meant like, Frances had it in her house or something like that. But now I realize. Oh you no! Is Angelina and um, Earth Girls are easy? Yeah. He is. Get, get, sorry, sorry, I won't. Okay. Um. So. I'm yeah, so we mad. won't. We won't go off on Earth Girls are easy for the million. Have it covers, but yet she comes out of the car and she uh, sticks her leg out first, and there's a really jazzy song with it. Oh yeah. my god! What is the song? It's not, it's not, it's like nonsense words. Like, oh, wow, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not um, ZZ Top, She's Got Legs. No, it's not. <laughs> it's like some like high pitch sort of nonsense sounds. I got it right. And that's what's the most important thing. It is, it is. Of every episode we record. Okay, fave moment overall ranking. Now we got to guess what Glynis thought for the Petrified Florist. Oh, Ashley says four. I say six. You know, I'm going to go with Megan. I'm going to say six. Okay. Six. Yay! Nice job, guys. Woo-hoo! I didn't know how much she'd dock it for the dream. <laughs> I didn't care <laughs> for the dream, but I'm trying to keep my opinion of that. I got it. it. I see. I see. Okay. Sorry. I put that into my... I know it was a real red herring. (laughs) You were. You were like that guy drinking beer and chewing gum. (laughs) Ashley, what about you? What did you give this episode? Oh, what's your favorite moment? Oh, wait, sorry, Glennis. What was your favorite moment? Yeah. (laughs) No one asked me. Um, What was my favorite moment? Probably the scenes with the cop and his lady counterparts. Yeah. Okay. Those were good. You just so like, is this your wife? No, she's business or whatever, and then shows the handcuffs. And then the- <laughs> that was <Yeah>. jolly. <laughs> Ashley, what about you? Um, I'm thinking. I actually, I actually really like this episode. I thought it was a little weird, and then I think because it was a dream, it made more sense. I'll probably say I'm going with like a seven or an eight. I think. Okay. Like a seven point five. okay Um, and then my favorite moment is probably the sleepy jessica close-up okay (laughs) (laughs) megan what about you i'm gonna give it an eight and i i know i always i always pick the same thing but the whole party scene i love a party scene i'm exactly the same as you megan eight and i like the dinner party that's my favorite bit Um, yeah Okay. Well, I think that's it then, unless somebody has anything else they want to add about the Petrified Florist. Well, thank you so much to everybody for listening, and we hope you'll listen again next week. Bye. Bye.